to see who has a heart. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. This is your fight. Now go out there and take it. This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! Welcome to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Come see all your friends at Applebee's in Athens, Highway 72 West, just off I-65. 12 minutes guaranteed or it's free, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Seven items to choose from. Can't make it for lunch? Visit them for happy hour, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or late night. Half-price appetizers with beverage purchase, six appetizers to choose from. One of your favorite teams is sure to be playing on the big screen, too. See you tomorrow at Applebee's Neighborhood Grill, Highway 72 Athens, just off I-65. Real estate. Real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230 595. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance. And be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities, too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. Daily and Son Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Son Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Son Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 7.30 till 5, and Saturday, 7.30 till noon. Keep up with local school, travel, youth, and amateur sports throughout the week with the Play Action Sports Update. Listen weekday mornings at 7.30 and weekday afternoons at 1.30 and 3.30 as we bring you the latest scores, news, and announcements from Limestone County and surrounding communities. That's the Play Action Sports Update three times a day, Monday through Friday on 1080 WKAC. Hey, this is Charles Morrison, varsity baseball coach with Lindsey Lane Christian Academy, and you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. We're located here at Applebee's here in Athens, Alabama, located on Highway 72 West and I-65, right on the corner, can't miss us. Beautiful day for football. It's the third Saturday of October, the day that Tennessee goes down, typically, for the last 20-some-odd years till last year. But anyway, on to another story. <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, like Peyton Manning said. Uh, he said uh, something about we've got uh, – uh, we, we, we're uh, unbeaten since 2022. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he said, I don't even remember the last time Alabama won. 
Well, I hope he doesn't remember again for another long time. um, Going back to that, um, I am Todd the Bod, the talent Tom Rooney, and I'm joined today by Tim Lambert, producer extraordinaire. Without him, this awesome show, and your only show for local high school sports here in North Alabama that you should be listening to, (laughs) and the best show um, is brought to you um, by him each and every week. He books all these wonderful guests, gets these coaches coordinated, and uh, couldn't do a better job, couldn't ask for a better producer absolutely um look for us on facebook at Applebee's, applebee's tailgate talk and on instagram or twitter at tailgate talk al visit us online at tailgate talk net to get scores and archives of past shows and you can also vote on this week's athlete of the week poll and enter nominations for future polls as well Just find the links to download the PAS, pas plus app and for your android or ios devices follow the tailgate talk podcast on itunes amazon pandora iheart Google, and other popular platforms. You can hear us on your Alexa device by saying, Alexa, open PAS+. You can call or text us during the show. Wish you would, man. Y'all join in. This is y'all's show, too. Text us at 256-812-1TGT or call or text us at 256-812-1848. Our calling guests come via the National Bank Hotline, making communities great, and the special... Um, guest segment is sponsored by Yellowhammer Roofing. Um, so with all that said, we've got um, Jay going to the Alabama game and going to pull us through a victory. Tom be on his way to Auburn later to, we'll say, good luck, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Safe travels. <laughs> Safe travels there and back. No, I'm teasing. Auburn, it's always better when Auburn, when Auburn's good and Alabama's good, and it finally gets the Alabama Auburn game. It just makes it that more exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I mean, to be truthfully told, so um, I do want to mention this real quick. Um, Applebee's is providing a disabled veterans fundraiser. It started October 9th. It goes through November 12th. Um, and the way you can help is, is when you're here um, joining all these wonderful appetizers, food, and drinks, you can order a $2 Blondie or Brownie Bites, and all the proceeds will be donated to help purchase a track chair or um, some device like that for all the very deserving disabled veterans. Um, each track chair costs about $15,000, and their goal is to raise about 100000 So um, get out here, man, order all this great food, come watch some football games here. Order plenty of Blondie and Brownie Bites and uh, help these uh, most deserving uh, veterans get these track chairs. Yeah, they, sure. last night um, at the James Clemens game, they had Military Appreciation Night, and they nice. they inducted some uh, or signed up some, what do you call it? Uh they signed them up for the uh, applicants. Uh, yeah, I mean they took them out there to the to midfield and and they had a ceremony where they oh no um you know got some got some guys to sign up there for the for I guess it was the army. I'm, oh I'm wow, not sure it was. Well, you know, I mean, God, God bless them with the way the world's going on right now. You know, definitely support not just our veterans, but be praying for and support our uh, our military right now with all the conflicts that are going on around the world. God forbid we send any of them over there, but you never know, you know, what'll happen and what might entail. So. Um, definitely be praying for not just the, the soldiers, the men and women serving, but their families as well, for sure. For sure. Yep. Um, a lot of football last night, so I think I'm going to turn it over to Tim. Well, you want to run down 
Okay, our guests. We can do that. So our uh, rundown for today's uh, guest are A.P. Stedham, our ACC guru, Michael Parker, uh, head coach Clements, who took a bad loss last night. Be talking to him about it. Clay Coleman, um, have it, getting their first win on the road last night against Birmingham. Uh, Clayton Truder, um, author of a couple of books that we'll be talking to him about. Um, Chad McGee, uh, head coach of James Clemens. Clint Woodfin, head coach of Peace Limestone. And Oscar Bonds, head coach of Tanner. So looking forward to talking to all those guys. Yeah. So now it's that, it's time for... Scores and more. All righty. Uh, speaking of James Clemens, they uh, got back on the winning track against Albertville. Um, I think that's my drink there. Okay. <laughs> I drank some out of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, they got back on the winning track against Albertville, 58-18. Um, and really... I don't know. Well, Albertville scored more than I thought they should have. But anyway, nevertheless, big win. And uh, they will stay uh, at the top of uh, their region. So they have won the region, even though they've still got to play Grissom next week. But they they had to win two out of the – the next three games after the well before the loss to uh, Austin last week, uh, so they had had to win two out of three to, to win the region. So it doesn't matter what anybody else does. They, right. Well, that's they won good. That I mean, that's, that's you know we'll have to ask him, but maybe he can remember some of his guys. You think? I don't know. No. I don't. I don't know. I doubt. A lot of coaches don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Athens beat Columbia forty-nine to fourteen. Russellville defeated Ardmore fifty-six to nothing. Uh, Central of Florence, 48. West Limestone, 21. East Limestone got their first win, and it was on homecoming night last night over West Point, 24-17. Didn't look like they were going to pull it out there for a while, but uh, they came back there uh, toward the end. Tanner over Red Bay, 46-14, and Colbert County, 55. Clements, 13. Uh, Calhoun volleyball team got another win. They defeated Southern Union yesterday, too. So, man, they're rolling. They are. Um, So, there you go. Well, next week, uh, we'll hopefully we'll have Bobby Shuttleworth on. Uh, She's, uh, you know, of course, the daughter of uh, Bob Shuttleworth. Clements, I'm a Clements, Calhoun basketball yep. coach. He was coach there when I was in school. Yeah. Years before that and years after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was there a long time. So uh, hopefully we'll have her on uh, next week. So uh, there you go. Scores and more brought to you by P4 Physical Therapy, delivering world-class outpatient care with a purpose. Visit them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. Well, good deal, man. A lot of uh, good games last night. Um, can't wait to talk to some of these coaches about it. I guess with that, we'll take us a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to our SEC guru, A.P. Statham. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk on WKC, the Big 1080. Hear Applebee's Tailgate Talk on your Alexa device by saying, Alexa, open PAS Plus, and hear it in crystal clear quality. Applebee's Tailgate Talk will be right back.
P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric, or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at p4physicaltherapy.com. First National Bank is a name everyone in the community recognizes. We see it in our schools, in our parks, and in our homes. First National Bank is proud to help make our community great. I am First National Bank Student Advisory Board Member Elijah Goins from Athens Bible School, and I love to help represent First National Bank in my community. First National Bank, making communities great. Located at 1880 Highway 72 East and 321 South Jefferson Street in Athens. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Ardmore Telephone Company has been operating right here in your community since the 1950s. Over the years, we've brought you advanced communication services such as telephone, high-speed internet, and security systems. And going forward, we'll be right here, ready to provide you with innovative services and the high level of customer service you've come to expect. At Ardmore Telephone, our proof is the test of of time running decades deep we're ardmore telephone and we are here to stay for more details call 1-800-830-9946 or visit ardmore.net now on a platform near you the only year-round weekly podcast covering the huntsville havoc the Reekin havoc podcast news interviews and more dropping every thursday we'll just reek of the huntsville havoc check us out on facebook twitter and instagram and listen follow and subscribe on your favorite platform via the pas Plus app and online at wreakinhavoc.com. This is Tyree Washington, 400 meter world champion in track and field, former NFL player, and you are listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Said I'm all about that action. Welcome back to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. We're being joined now by our SEC guru, AP Statham. AP, man, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm so glad to be on Applebee's Tailgate Talk, WKHC, in 80 a.m., Athens, Alabama. Glad to have you as always, buddy. Um, Tom Katz down there with you running around. Will be. He's not down there yet, but he's on his way. So smack him in the back of the head for us and say roll tide to him when you, when you see him or if you see him. Um, that's for sure. But um, big day today for a lot of teams. Obviously, third Saturday of October, yes. Alabama, Tennessee. Alabama 11th, Tennessee 17th. Alabama eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Um I'm worried, but I'm worried, man. The Tennessee front line is vicious. They're pretty good against the run. Their secondary, you know, I keep on hearing is weak, but, you know, our, our uh, pass protection is not the best. So, I don't know. What do you think, bud? Yeah, I mean, they got those three good running backs. They could pound the ball. Um, Alabama is usually good against the run, but they, they can be, have some lapses. We saw Tennessee, you know, uh, <clears throat> run the ball successfully last week. So, you know, the quarterback, Joe Milton III, has not thrown particularly well. But we've seen it in the past. The quarterback can have the day, you know, the game of their life against Alabama. Yeah. Uh, they don't They don't have the dynamic receivers that they've had in the past. 
but it's the Tennessee Alabama game, so everybody's charged up, and uh, mm. you know Alabama's quarterback's getting better. The receivers are coming alive. The offensive line, we don't know. 31 sacks. I mean, I was checking that statistic in the last seven, eight years. I think 41 is the worst they've given up, but they're on the way to surpass that number. Absolutely. <laughs> well before the end of the season at that rate. Um, yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. the kicking game. You know, the kicking game, this Alabama's got a good kicking game, yeah. but I always tell people, look, you can have a kicker that makes every one. It's that day, that moment. That's all that matters. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what matters. Um, I read something last night it, for all the – the moaning I do about Jalen sometimes. Um, he's completed 31 of 54 passes for 559 yards and five touchdowns with only one interception right. in his last two games. Yes. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So Great trend. You know, yeah, so if we can keep that going in that direction, then, you know, should be no problem. But, you know, <laughs> Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, he, if he throws an interception, the defense has to absorb that turnover. Uh, hopefully it's not a uh, pick six. Yep. So, so, I mean, that's just part of his, uh, you know, makeup at this time. He does throw an, uh, an interception occasionally. But all quarterbacks do interceptions. I mean, I don't say that you lose a game because he threw an interception. All quarterbacks, I mean, they're trying to make the plays for their team. So, occasionally they throw an interception. You have to live with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, put, I, was, I went and got some gas back on Sunday and uh, up in Fayetteville. And uh, – I, I pulled up there, got out of my car, and then another guy pulled up on the other side of the same pump. Well, I've got my Alabama sweatshirt on. He's got his Tennessee stuff on. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, <laughs> it's that week. And he, said, he was like, yeah. And, you know, he wasn't one of these obnoxious fans, you know. We were you know, right. friendly and everything. And I said, well, yes. you know, good luck, just not – too much yeah. good luck. Nope. He, yeah. said, he said, you have a good week and have a miserable Saturday. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty friendly. I yeah. that's pretty yeah. friendly. That's the kind of interaction I like to have with him. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I ran into a buddy of mine yesterday. He had only his Tennessee stuff. and all, I, all, I, all we kind of basically said to each other was have a good weekend. That was We left it at that. <laughs> right, right. For sure. No, Tennessee's, got a good, Tennessee's got a good team. That's a good football team. Yeah. Um, so you're at the Ole Miss Auburn game. Um, Ole Miss six right. and a half point favorite. Um, kind of surprised. Yeah. I, and the total is 56, so they're expecting somebody to score some points. That I don't know why I thought Ole Miss might be favored by a little bit more. I mean, because they can't put the points on the board. Um, I don't know. What do right. you, you, you think Auburn's defense is going to be able to hold them a little bit? They're coming off a bye, Ole Miss. Uh, are they going to score 55? Or are they going to score 10? Yeah or somewhere in the middle, but I think that it's important for Lane Kiffin. He went through this last year, what was it, 7-0? and and has a total collapse. Yeah. So I think he's trying to guard against those things if he can with his football team. Um, you know, they have a running back, Quinchon Judkins from Alabama. It's important to him, I'm sure. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, Auburn, the passing game is nil. I mean, Ole Miss's secondary, what is it, 110 or something like that in the country? But if you can't pass, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, if you yeah. can't complete passes. That's right. I mean, are you, are you, are you going to be able to throw 30 yards down the field with success, a high rate of success? I, don't, I haven't seen it from Auburn. I've seen an occasional pass, but Hugh Freeze usually has a good game plan, short passes. Let's see if we can run the ball. That's their hope, right? Maybe third yeah. in the conference rushing, I think, something like that. Okay. Second I knew or third. It was up there. And so they can, 
<laughs> yeah, you know, run the football, compete the short passes, you know, with accuracy and keep the drive going and keep that high-powered offense on the sideline. That's the same story every week for Auburn. They can't compete scoring 35 points, uh, that type of game. They have to keep it in the 20s, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to Alabama, but not football, a little basketball news. Um, I don't know if you yes. saw this or not, but just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, I saw yesterday, I believe it was, where Brandon Miller was being um, charged for the wrongful death suit brought against the mother of uh, Jamia Harris, the young lady that was shot and killed. Um, right. You know, obviously he's the only one in that bunch that's got any money to to pay yeah. to the family. But That's right. I mean, right. my thoughts were on it when I initially read it was, you know, like, well, she might as well be suing me. I mean, he, he wasn't charged with anything. I mean, yes. do you think yes. there's going to be – do uh, you think it'd be possibly settled out of court? I mean, or I mean, surely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think as you said, possibility there's a settlement out of court. I think it was inevitable at some point he was going to be sued. Um, I don't. From my standpoint, like like I said, initially, if my friend had a gun, he wanted his gun back. I give him his gun. I'm not asking questions. It's his gun. Yeah. Now. Some people say, well, you should have asked your friend what was his intentions. I mean, was that established or was it not established? That'll all be settled in probably this suit, I guess. Yeah. But that's the way I feel about ownership of, of any item. Your friend asked for it. I'm giving it back to my friend. Yeah. Uh, you're hoping that your friend's not going to use it uh, to injure people. I mean, no, I don't I don't think that was anybody's intention. I'm giving a gun back to somebody. Me personally, I'm just speaking personally now. You're not. Yeah. If I knew that was what going to happen, of course, you're saying, "Oh, I think I'll take it somewhere and I'll see you in about a week. I'll give it back to you in a week or yeah. so." Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't know Brandon yeah. Miller, but I just can't imagine him yeah. or anyone. You know, somebody come. Hey, yeah. man, bring me my gun. I'm fixing to, you know, shoot right. somebody. <laughs> and then yeah, saying, right, "Sure, right. man, I'll be there yeah. five minutes." You know, I, you know. Yeah, and, and then I'll, I'll see you at practice tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think that was yeah. the scenario. I don't, I don't think. think. I'm not. No, no. Death is the ultimate. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah. another yeah. story I wanted to ask you about was um, in Michigan. I guess can't stand out of their own way, but. At Connor Stallions, um, an analyst or some somebody um, there on Michigan football staff was suspended. The story came out that Michigan was stealing signs from the other you know, opposing team. Um, they suspended him with pay, yeah. so obviously, you know, they're investigating that. But, yeah. um, what are your thoughts yeah. on stealing signs? And, you know, I mean, to me, I, yeah. I don't know. Is it a big deal? To me, it's not. It, yeah, I, I, would, I would say I'd have to – Review the context. I mean, did he sneak into a stadium or yeah, something? Yeah, well, true. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. In other words, if I'm in the press box and I understand their signs, that's to my advantage. I can't help if I'm knowledgeable about their signs. What, yeah. I mean, you're gonna are you gonna take that away from me? I don't think so. You're just gonna I communicate think- that to you. Other you know, people. I mean, I don't know the context of everything, but no. dealing science. I mean, that's as old as the. Yeah. You know the the you know old as anything. Uh, football coaches, baseball coaches, mm-hmm. uh, basketball that knows it. I mean, they're going to use every advantage. That's yeah. the way it is. Well, I think I, I had read somewhere where they were sending people to games of future opponents. I see. Uh, a video that, that Michigan was playing and trying to get their signs yeah. that way. So they'd I, be. I, I, I mean, 
that's legal, is it not? Yeah, well, I don't see why it wouldn't. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, I mean what you try to do? do it during the game? I mean, that that's been out there forever. You can send somebody ahead of time, and they can sit there and watch just the sideline and see what the signals are, and then see what the plays are in, and then you know because coaches aren't yeah. going to, you can't mix up your signs for every game. Obviously, you know, kids will never be able yeah. to remember them. Um, no, I don't know. I just everybody. and I don't like. Listen, I don't care for Jim Harbaugh much, and I certainly don't like Michigan football. But I just, I just didn't think that was uh, that big of an offense. But I don't know. Well, guess what's happening? What, what about bringing gone? video or pictures back with you? I mean, I'm, you know, you, you have these really, uh, these people I mean, accused how, how of does, videoing practice, yeah. putting video in practice and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know how you. How do you find that out? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they'll. How did they find that out? If somebody brought a video back to Michigan, who would be telling? Put that crack investigating team the NCAA has on it, like the FBI, <laughs> man. They'll, oh yeah, right. They'll yeah. Be NCISing it or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> NCIS, NCAA. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> the, the, the new, the new show. That's a new TV show. <laughs> um, any other oh, big yeah. games this weekend that you want to talk about? Did you see? Uh, well, the Penn State, Penn State, Ohio, yeah. yeah, Penn State, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I mean, Penn State's, you know, good running backs, pretty good quarterback. One and eight against Ohio State and Michigan for James Franklin. It means something to him. I can tell you that right now in his fan base. Yeah. So it's important. We know that Ohio State's quarterback has been spotty, but he has Marvin Harrison Jr. That erases a lot of mistakes if oh, you get sure him the does. football. He sure does. Um, some of the running backs are hurt. I think. Um, but it'll be, that'll be a, I think that'll be similar to the Alabama Tennessee game, probably in the twenties. I'm thinking. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. You got USC and that, Utah. That'll be a bigger game this evening. Yeah, that'll be a big game. Utah, you know, run over USC. Who hasn't? Who yeah. hasn't run over USC? And um, I don't know if their quarterback Cam Rising. You know, I had a chance to visit with him in July at the Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas, but he's had. had <laughs> Trouble getting back, getting healthy, and I don't know if he's going to be available. So, but you know, USC took a blow. I mean, Notre Dame pounced on him, and I think they had 250 total yards or around that number, yeah. and he scored 38. Yeah, crazy. I mean, that, that, that's a lot of deficiencies when you have a team that gives up 250, but the other team scores 38 points. So you were just bad all over. Yeah, they've up here on the on the TV. They've got uh, Caleb Williams as being 22 to one. Future, future yeah. partial team owner, Caleb Williams. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that story? 22 to that? 1 to win the Heisman. Did you see that, AP? I, I didn't see that. He, right. what, what, so, Caleb Williams, Caleb, Caleb Williams' father, I believe it was, the one that kind of instigated it, or from what I understood. But uh, his whoever drafts him, um, part of the package is that he has to have partial ownership in whatever team drafts him. Or he's not going. Oh, that's that, that's a very nice thought. <laughs> I don't think much about it, though. I don't, I don't think any owners shaking no. in their boots. No. You know, and and you just can, for them to approach it that way, I, who would want yeah. I mean, if you're already going to do stuff like that, I don't mm-hmm. even know if I want to fully, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's, I don't know if it, that was in jest or he was serious. But they were serious from what I read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, that's... That's beyond the level of arrogance that I, I don't know if I've Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not sure I if I've seen. I mean, I, we've, seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of arrogance in sports, right? Yeah. 
we've seen quite a few things in our lifetime. But, but that's up there. At that level, 21, 22 years old, I want part of the team. Yeah. I'll say, son, let's see if you can make the roster. How about that? Yeah, let's, let's one, one, one step at a time. Let's just see, see if you can get in here yeah. and, and run, run a play before we get yeah. to uh, yeah, we, ownership. We, I just couldn't we, believe we, it. We, I was like, that, wow. Yes. Yeah, that, that's incredible, especially at quarterback position. We've seen so many guys that were tremendous in college. Second, third year, people were trying to get rid of them. Yep, yep. Another big uh, thing going on, not college football, but you got Tua versus Hurts tomorrow, uh, Sunday. Oh, oh that'll be fun, yeah. That's going to be fun um, to see those guys and, competing against one another. Obviously, you know, they're, um, yeah. they're not I, playing I against each other. Jump. Yeah, I wonder if Julio is going to be activated. Oh, Julio Jones. That's a good question. I, you know, I meant to look that up, and I and I forgot. Isn't that, isn't that something? Isn't, isn't that awesome. something? Julio and and Devontae on the same team. You know, the Heisman Trophy receiver from Alabama, one of the greatest receivers ever. At Alabama. Julio Jones on the same team with an Alabama quarterback. Isn't that something? Yep. That I mean, just to have. I believe I I read last week that Alabama has fifty six players currently on rosters not counting practice squad i believe that's just on nfl wow. rosters um yeah never thought i'd see that in my lifetime no, no way no way, way no how and especially a quarterback mm-hmm. the position i mean the quarterbacks yeah. that we have all oh, the league. quarterbacks yeah um yeah you know line, linebacker running back maybe but quarterbacks never in my life would have thought um you know years and no. years ago we had you know we had a run of you know like your name is in your stables run through there whatever but but not, you know, we went a lot of years without, you know, having an NFL style type quarterback. So, pretty cool to see. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's awesome to, to see all those things. I think at one time there was probably Kenny and Joe and um, Richard Todd was there, yeah. and I think Scott Hunter maybe all at the same time. I think they were there four of them at once. I believe at least one year. I think all in, all in the league. Yeah, I forgot about Scott Hunter, but. Well, um, right, Scott. Yeah, man, tell us uh, who you got coming up um, on your and Kelly show this week. Oh yeah, you know I'm going to be at the Georgia Florida game next weekend in Jacksonville. Ah, good for you. So I'm looking for. So we'll we'll probably get somebody to speak about that particular uh, rivalry. Okay. So well, great deal, I'm man. but yeah, we had, we had somebody uh, speak about Ole Miss this week. Uh, so he was our guest this week. I met him actually at the. SEC uh, basketball media days in Birmingham. So good deal. that was our guest this past week. Well, good yeah. deal, man. We'll tell everybody real quick where they can uh, catch your show. Oh, yeah. AP and Kelly, as we see it, it's on our Facebook page. Every episode is archived. We usually put it up there around Thursday at 1 p.m. Then I also identify the stations that it's on from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You can catch it. I know it's on twice in Tuscaloosa. And it's on you know, all over the state, in North Alabama, South Alabama, Southeast Alabama, uh, Central Alabama. So you can catch it. And uh, it's heard in five states, and, and it's you. recorded every week. It's an hour show, and we, we try to be interesting and entertaining. Oh, well, it is. I, I highly recommend it for those who are listening. So, go, yeah, definitely go check it out. So, But, man, thanks oh, again thank for so joining much. us as always. Uh, safe travels. Have a great time. And don't forget to um, tell Tom we said hi. I will. I will. Sure will. Great talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. My pleasure. That was AP Stad on XCC Guru. Uh, Always appreciate his time and and what he gives us. Uh, We're going to take us a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll have Coach Michael Parker, uh, Clement's head football coach. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk on WKC, the Big 1080. 
AP Stedham, Heisman Trophy voter, Maxwell Award voter, and Beletnikoff Award voter can be heard weekly on the AP and Kelly As We See It podcast on Anchor and Spotify. He can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be back with more Applebee's tailgate talk after this. When you're looking for something special for your next event, why not bring in the most amazingly fine flavored shaved ice this side of the islands, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. Whether it's a school or a major sporting event, a picnic or a festival, Kona Ice brings the fun and laughter from their steel drum music to their signature flavor wave where guests can flavor their own shaved ice. No event is too big or too small. Kona Ice makes fundraising easy too. Call Kona Ice today and tell them what you have in mind. 256-566-5298 or look for them on your favorite social media platform. Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. 256-566-5298. Limestone Drug, located on the square in downtown Athens, is your local health park pharmacy. As your local health park pharmacy, Limestone Drug is locally owned and has a personal commitment to the community. Limestone Drug honors prescription drug plans, including Medicare. They accept flex spending cards and fill prescriptions in minutes, not hours. Limestone Drug knows there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. So shop Limestone Drug at 200 West Market Street in Athens. Your local health park pharmacy, Limestone Drug, caring for you and about you. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling, paint peeling off your walls, shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured, Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing, let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256 232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. Davis and Cole LLP in Athens has served the area assisting individuals and businesses with bookkeeping, tax preparation and filing and routine accounting. Davis and Cole LLP, located at 105 South Marion Street. Open weekdays 9 to 5. Call 256-232-9994. Davis and Cole LLP. Takes a snap. He's going to fake the pitch. He's at the 20. Uh, the 10. Can he He's going to get a cover. Be listening for James Clemens High School football this season as the Jets take on the best in Class 7A competition. You can hear every featured game streamed live online at pasnetwork.net on your Amazon Echo device by saying Alexa, open PAS Plus or on your PAS Plus app and later on demand. You can also hear the replays at Sunday afternoons on WKAC Radio. Join us for exciting coverage of James Clemens Jets football this season from Play Action Sports. This is Michael Dornay, former Big Out at the University of Alabama. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Roll Tide. Welcome back to Applebee's Tailgate Talk here on WKC, the 1580. I'm the body town of Tomlin, alongside producer extraordinaire Tim Lambert. We're currently joined now by Clements head football coach, Michael Parker. Coach, coming off a tough one last night, man. Um, kept up with it through the night and just uh, hated it for y'all. Well, I did too. I did too. I know uh, you did. They just uh, it boiled down to they come to play and we didn't, and they uh they they uh were more physical than us all night. They deserved the win and and we didn't. I mean that's just it is what it is. That uh, ain't nothing you say when uh you get hit in the face. Yeah. They, um, I had to sit back for me. Was it one of those things where 
I mean, do you think the kids maybe just kind of thought, man, we got it before they even started the game? Like, you know, we got this one. I don't, I don't necessarily think that. I think the physicality of the last four weeks of mm. the teams that we played was not matched last night at all. So I think we've grown, grown accustomed just out athleting people and, mm. uh, and uh, being bigger than some of the teams we played. It's, I mean, but I told them all week that Carver County is going to be more physical than anybody we played for the last four weeks. And they were, I mean, they matched the physicality of Lauderdale County when they came over to us. And we don't take people us in the mouth too too well. I mean, we don't know how to respond. So, uh, you know, we we just took back, sit back and took it all night. So, well, I mean, it is what it is. We got we got well, regrouping. Colbert yeah. County always brings it. I mean, yeah, you know. they do. I mean, yeah, they've always been a tough bunch. Yeah, I mean, they're hard hitting, kind of smash mouth, I guess, more or less. Or through the years, that's what I've yeah, seen from them. You know, you watch film. I told my wife last week. You know, watch them play Phil Campbell. They're not very physical. But they be, I mean, they beat Phil Campbell twenty-seven to six. Uh, and watch them, you know, play Colbert Heights. Not very physical, but now Dashler, they were physical all night long hmm. against uh, Brooks. Uh, physical even against Mars Hill, they were physical. So I told her, you know, I'm, I don't know what team's gonna show up Friday night, but. We found out. You found out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the final was 55-13. What, like, did they jump on y'all quick? I mean, I didn't see the first quarter score. Well, no. No, I I think at the end of the first quarter, it was 14 to nothing. They scored pretty quick in the second quarter. Uh, But had a great game plan against Jaden and the offense. I mean, I just, I mean, I'll put it out there. I I got out coached all night. So, uh, uh, it's just one of those things where, I should have done a better job of preparing and should have done a better job during the game. Well, I mean, uh, did they hit you with some stuff you weren't expecting, like that you maybe not had seen? No, not at all. We just didn't. On the offensive side of the ball, we didn't block very well at all. I mean, they they pinned their ears back and come and got us. Hmm. And, you know, they were quicker off the ball than we were. And uh, linebackers just fly to the football. So, we didn't block them real well. Everything, everything they did defensively, I fully expected them to do. Uh, offensively, we knew they were going to run in between the tackles and uh, try to be more physical than us. And and they were. And you know, we made them work hard for their first touchdown. They uh, we had them in third and long situation, and they threw a pass, and Jaden went up and tipped it. And he, I think he was trying to pick it off, but he went up and it tipped off his fingernails and fell right in their hands for mm. first down. So we could have got off the field right there, uh, right then, and still 0-0. But they they got a first down there and drove it on down to score. And then they stopped us. And then the second uh, time they had the ball, we picked it off. So we're still in the game here. But, you know, like I said a while ago, you know, what Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened. So, uh, you know, I ain't, I'm not pulling any punches this morning. It, it wasn't just the kids. I got out coached too. So. Well, next week you're, um, you're over at Phil Campbell. They're three and five, one and four in the region. Um, last night's loss, what, what position does that put y'all in? 
for the because they beat Coffee County last night, I think we got to beat them to be in. Okay. Uh, I mean, Coffee Heights. Right. So, uh, I think the win puts us in at fourth. And according to what I saw last night, we'll be going to Gordo. Yeah. I, um, I spoke fun, with Jay last fun, night, and that's what he said. So, not fun yeah. at all. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it may – if we were to go down and let Phil Campbell get us, you know, it may put us in a tie, and we may win the tiebreaker. I haven't researched it that deep yet. Yeah. Uh, so, just been dealing with a lot of stuff the past few weeks as far as getting ready for games and stuff. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know about the playoff implications uh, next Friday night. I know we win, we're in, but we go down there and lay an egg. You know, I don't know what that does to us. Yeah. Yeah. Did Gordo not used to be 4A? They did. I think. Okay. I think those Davis over at West Lifestyle played them a few years back. Yeah. That, that's what made me. Yeah, that's what made me think about it because <laughs> uh, the, the station down there. Uh, Carried the ball, the game, mm-hmm. and <laughs> their 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 announcers sat on the West Limestone side in the stands, and <laughs> one of them one of them engaged the West Limestone fans, and he was just made immediately sorry. For, yeah. for <laughs> I thought that was so That's funny. Awful. Gave him grief. Oh man! Well, I think so, uh, something had happened, maybe tornado or something down at Gordo. And they had to play in reform. Yeah. Uh, Pickett's County. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, it's right. they, I think they've got their stadium. I think, actually, I think they've got a turf field now. So uh, hmm. uh, they've redone everything. Well, um, do you know much about Phil Campbell? Have you had an opportunity to even see what they bring? Uh, not a lot. I know I watched some film uh, last week a little bit. Uh, well, I actually watched Carver County and Phil Campbell, and they was in a two tight wishbone look. Hmm. Uh, but now I saw some saw some last night where they'd spread it out a little bit too. So I'm gonna look at them and see, uh, check numbers out, and see if some injuries may have caused them to get out of the bone, or you know, yeah. try try to figure out what's going on. So now a fan a fan would say Elkmont beat Phil Campbell. You guys beat Elkmont, so. That's what a fan would say. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using that fan logic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it was only that easy, right, Coach? Yeah, only that easy. <laughs> like I told you all ago, Calvert County beat Calvert County with 27-6. Yeah. And they smacked us around. So, you know, we just got to regroup uh, entirely. You know, coaches, football team, everything. We got to regroup Monday and and get ready to go back to work. Yeah. Well, I hope the kids don't, you know, you know, it's happened. You got beat. It's behind you. I hope they don't let that linger moving forward, and especially with what I was on the table this coming Friday, and, and that they'll work hard and practice, take direction, and, and do what y'all are asking them to, of them to do. And, you know, y'all go down there and get that win. You know you're in. And, um, you know, regardless of where you may have to go. So. Right. we got to overcome some aching and, you know, hurts. I mean, we we played all night last night. I'm telling you, it was a it was a physical side that we hadn't seen in a while. And our kids played played you know both ways last night. Both a lot of them did, and it was on physical on both sides of the ball. So we gotta 
we got some hurting kids this morning probably yeah. some bruised up kids so we got to take care of that and make sure that you know we're good to play next friday night um, got to do what take whatever precautions we got to take not that i'm trying to put it out there but i heard Jaden kind of got rolled up on maybe a little ankle tweak or Too something well. you see okay yeah, he took a helmet to the knee. He was okay. uh, bruised, you know, but he was back in three plays later, so he's oh, okay. he's good to go. He's good to go. Okay. He's laying out. He's laying out there. I said, "What are you doing laying out there? If you hurt?" He said, "Goes me and Jesus was having a talk." He's to get Jesus back in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. God bless him. <laughs> Let's do your last senior spotlight here of the season. Uh, Cole Dolls. Cole Dolls came to us uh, last year from Ardmore. Didn't play football, but he came out this year, and uh, he's been a trooper for us, been a team player. I started him off at quarterback, and uh, then he got sick and had mono and was out uh, two or three weeks there, and I had to – you know, go forward, forward and putting Jaden back at quarterback. So when he came back, you know, I told him, you know, I can't afford right now to move Jaden and, and disrupt anything that we got going on. And he's like, Coach, I'm fine with that. Put me a receiver. Put me somewhere. There we go. So he's, he's been playing a receiver for us. Caught a touchdown pass last night. So um, doing a real good job and exceptional teammates. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't take offense to me not putting him back at quarterback. He showed he was a true teammate and, and where else can I help at? So that's he's a he's a trooper man, he's a good one. Good Love him to death. Well good deal. Well coach man, I hope you have a great week of practice. Um, I hope the kids uh, get their head, you know, back screwed on straight and get ready for Phil Campbell and y'all go down there and y'all bring home a win, man. We will, man. We're going to get it back. I, know I you appreciate will. you guys what you do for us. We appreciate you and, and those taking time to give us. So good luck, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. All right, buddy. That was Coach Michael Parker, head coach of Clemens Football. We're going to um, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Clay Freak Daddy Coleman and get a little happy news. You're listening to WKC, the Big Ten 80. Congratulations to Jocelyn Foxworthy of Clements, our Applebee's Neighborhood Athlete of the Week and winner of a gift card from the Athens Applebee's along with a Tailgate Talk t-shirt from that shirt printing place. Go to tailgatetalk.net and enter your nominations for future polls. We'll be back with more Applebee's Tailgate Talk after this. While others have come and gone, the Lion's Den Gym has been roaring as a workout and exercise fixture in Athens, growing from its humble basement beginnings in 1981 to their current 10,000-square-foot location at 212 Commercial Drive in Athens. The Lion's Den offers 24-7 access to their ever-expanding equipment collection that includes treadmills and climbers, elliptical trainers, stationary bikes, loose weights and dumbbells, and over 45 different weight machines. Contact the Lion's Den Gym about a membership today at 256-652-2627. 
Visit them online at lionsdengym.com or on Facebook, the Lions Den Gym, 256-652-2627. This is First National Bank Student Advisory Board member Claire Holt from Athens Bible School, and I love First National Bank. They make it easy for me to balance school, work, and my social life. With convenient services like online banking, bill pay, and the mobile app, I can take care of my finances without having to worry. I can check my balance, transfer funds, and I was even able to deposit my paycheck from my phone. First National Bank, making communities great. Located at 1880 Highway 72 East and 321 South Jefferson Street in Athens. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. When things go wrong, State Farm is here to help life go right. And Agent Michael Howell is the one who can help get things back on track. See Michael for your auto, home, life, health, property, and business insurance and be ready for those unexpected twists that life throws at you. Ask about banking and annuities too. Call State Farm Agent Michael Howell at 232-5400. Visit him online at michaelhowell.net or go see him at 903 South Clinton Street in Athens. State Farm Agent Michael Howell. There when things go wrong, here to help life go right. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230-5950. Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. Want to howl with the havoc this season? Now's your chance from Tail Tailgate Talk and the Huntsville Havoc. Just go to tailgatetalk.net and register your name. Then listen to Applebee's Tailgate Talk this Saturday morning at 10 on WKAC Radio as we announce the winners of Huntsville Havoc tickets. Howl with the Havoc this season from the Huntsville Havoc and Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Hello, I'm Andrew Smith, head baseball coach at Dartmoor High School. You listen to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. This world, you're given a ticket to the freak show. Stop. So you're a control freak. It's just a freak show anyway. For the first time this year, Clay, Freak Daddy Coleman. Clay, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning, guys. Doing good. Good morning, man. Um, Eating some breakfast off the Blackstone Grill, so I'm nice really man. Didn't even invite us. Thanks a lot, dude. I know if, my, if it was portable, I would go on the road. Oh, with well, oh, hey, we can bring the show to you. We can do it right there in your backyard. <laughs> you can fire the Blackstone Broad- up, and we'll just do it right there. <laughs> Broadcast live from the Freak Daddy compound. There yeah, you know. yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get into a little havoc talk, want to um, I want to congratulate T Bone last week for winning the. Uh, I hop pancake block belt. That was pretty cool, man, to see. I know it was coming off a loss, and that you know that kind of stunk. But um, you know, obviously, he did his part because he was recognized for it. So um, he's having such a good year, and we're just proud of him yeah. here at Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Thank you, man. Yeah, they're doing good. You know, he he's an interesting kid in the sense I had to 
I had to get him because he when he won when they he won the belt he was like I don't want to win on a loss <laughs> and then he was like and I don't want to win it next week against Alberville or next week against Grissom because we're supposed to beat them. Yeah, right, <laughs> but you know really, what? He that's, almost didn't really win it. <laughs> but that's awesome though. You know that's just his mentality. If he wants to win it, he wants to win it against the Spartans or Bob Jones or whoever the bigger teams are, Mountain Brooks, whoever you know. So. Yeah, he, and he's got he's got competition. He's got a, you know, we've all kind of followed. We got T-Bone and Porkchop, so he's got a friend of his, Micah Douglas, who's uh, one of the tackles. And Micah had won back-to-back uh, belts, and he defeated Micah and uh, took the belt from Micah's nice. locker. And then uh, <laughs> and then now he's hoping to win back-to-back this week, too. So it was a good competition between good friends. Heck so yeah, uh, man. Makes it even more fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, uh, yeah, the Jets are doing good. You know, they uh, yeah. beat Albertville last night, which was, I guess, expected that, you know, Albertville hadn't won all year. and. Definitely uh, got some struggles of their own, but uh, I, I got to look through the math. I wish I'd have done it before we talked on the show, but I think they've locked up the region because Bob Jones lost to Austin last night and, and uh, Sparkman lost to Florence. So I think that they could even lose to Grissom and be a two loss team and still win the the region but i'm not for sure i yeah. look at the math but. when i was talking to coach mcgee before the austin game he told me they had to win two out of the the next three and they would Which they be did. at the top of the region so yeah. i mean they lost yeah. to austin but they won yeah. last night so um, it's just always horrible for these kids because it's like they even if they go undefeated the first round they got you know Hoover or yeah. Trustful. Or, you know, so it's not an easy it's yeah. not easy an road easy. to travel. I know, in the, which I think they said. I think I've heard. I'm not for sure if it's going to happen next year, but I've heard that they're going to rotate and and they'll move it around and they may be like the north North Alabama side will play like a, the Montgomery or the Mobile. Um, regions just to kind of mix it up which may be good you know just to get a little bit of parity i know the travel is going to kind of stink a little bit with that but yeah you know. yeah but you know what it, I, it, I, the way it's been i just soon have that road you know less travel because man these birmingham teams have been whooping us in north alabama it seems i mean from 1a to 7a for the last what decade i don't know long time yeah i don't and i don't even said it's we we played uh this year, out of out of you know out of region or out of out of the whole division, we played you know Muscle Shoals and and Mountain Brook and and, and Gardendale. I mean, there's some oh, yeah. <laughs> there's some good teams too. I mean, Muscle Shoals is unreal. They're, they're a really good team. I I wouldn't be surprised if they win the state. Oh no, I wouldn't surprise either. I mean, looking at them sometimes, you almost, you almost wonder. If, I mean, they couldn't be. You know, I, I'm thinking, man, they could give you an A or at least a good quarter, quarter and a half, <laughs> probably. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they, they're stacked. Absolutely, they're stacked. Well, you never yeah. know. I mean, Mars Hill got beat last night. So. That's true. That's true. Mars yeah. Hill got beat. But that, and that's what I and that's what I like about James Clemens. You know, you mentioned him playing the Mountain Brooks and. And the Gardendales and the teams they played over the years, you know, muscle shows out of, you know, area that's, you know, that's what makes you better. That's what prepares you for, you know, the playoffs. And, um, Absolutely. You know, I, and it hurt I, us last year. It did or didn't I mean, we were, that was all, it, it did hurt us last yeah. year because, you know, when we got into that three-way tie with oh, yep, Bob Jones yep. and Sparkman, it went to the out-of-conference out of, you know, play. And, you know, they played really practically nobody. And here we played Gardendale, Mountain Brook, and Muscle Shoals and lost all. Yeah. And that's when you that wish they, it, would, you know, they would look at the competition out of out of region, not just, you know, the, the record, but who, who, who were the, these teams playing. 
you know? Absolutely. I mean, if that's the case, y'all well, it could cracks just... Me, it cracks me up. You look at, you know, Hoover's lost, you know, the most games they've lost in a long time. They're still yeah. in the top ten in the state. I mean, there was one time they were two and five and in the top ten, and you're like, okay, how is that? I mean, I get it. They're <laughs> a good team, but, like, does that mean that if somebody's undefeated? It's yeah. Like they're doing strength of schedule in some areas, but not in others. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really interesting for It sure. is interesting. I think know. Max Preps. Well, now we're here to talk about hockey. I know we're... No, man, we're here to talk about all of it. <laughs> well, we before we get into hockey, we mentioned Hoover. I, I think Max Preps had James Clemens matched up with Hoover the first week in the... In oh, the wow. playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's really weird. They've got it on Max Preps. They have it down as November 3rd, but the game will actually be the 10th. Um, oh. Hmm. But I think that's the way it lines up. It will be Hoover, so we'll get the uh, Wade Waldrop uh, rematch, I guess, that, uh, that we'll get. I think about it. The good thing is, I look at it, I think when he was at Florence the first time James Clemens beat him, so I don't think he's beat James Clemens outside of. Uh, stuff. So maybe we got a little edge on him. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's it, it, let's see. the The first week of seven A playoffs, they get a, the first week off, or do they get the week off going into the Super Six, a uh, Super Seven. James James Clemens will have that November third as a bye week. So they they lined it up. Which oh, that's right. That's I mean, last. Could, that's the regular yeah. season last week. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that was just a, somebody made an error on Max Press. But yeah. So I mean, it, for us, I think it's a good. I mean, it's hopefully working out good. If 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 having a little bit of a breather and playing, you know, at Albertville and at Grissom and not playing the hard teams and then getting a week off, you know, that yeah. may help. You know, sometimes people may hey, you want to get a groove on and be playing and have some momentum so i don't you know it could go either way i guess okay now so yeah we're going to hockey big win road win last night against birmingham two to one um yes come right out of the gate. first win as a head coach yeah, yeah. that's a good to get that one off his back um so yeah it's, you know it's gonna be interesting i you know i haven't really been around the team this much this year but i mean there's just a a lot of changes all the way around, which is not a bad thing. You know, it could be a good thing. But, I mean, even in the home, the, the, the front office, uh, a lot of new staff people there. And, you know, Glenn, I talked to him the other day, and, you know, he he's really doing a good job of just stepping away and letting Stu build his team. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that's, that's a cool thing. Um, but I asked him, I said, so how um, – how long before you step in? <laughs> yeah, that, that temptation. Like, well, yeah, we'll get to that point. yeah, that temptation of I'm sure you know. Oh, I really wish they were doing it this way or not that way or whatever. That would be that would be rough. But you know, it's it's cool that he's there in in in, in case you know they do want advice yeah. or his yeah. opinion. And so you know that's absolutely. that's a plus. Absolutely. Um, it was one to nothing at the end of the first last night, and then tied after the second period, and then Huntsville went on to win two to one. Um, I can never say his name right. Petazian, the goalie. Is that how you say his name? Petazian. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that one, too. That's, that's when I got to practice. I'm, oh, the, I'm in, I think we have the meet the team uh, party on um, on Wednesday night, so I'll have to, to get my chops ready and get, no get kidding. Uh, transition into uh, hockey hockey uh, language. No kidding. <laughs> but he had 43 saves. That's a, you know, that's that's a night right there. Oh, he, for him. and he, he's, he's the latest uh, – Signee, isn't he? I believe so. He's yeah. new. He's, yeah, he's yeah. definitely new. So, um, so I mean, I like think a, of the of the guys that are on the team. You got Derek Pearl. You got Clark. You got uh, Procopio. Um, 
and then um, oh gosh, I just I literally just went blank. The the the, the fighter we got that uh, knocked out the Peoria guy that all the Peoria oh, fans were all mad yeah, about. They were uh, all upset. Other day, I can't I can't remember. I'm I've gone blank. Um, oh well, I can't. We we got a couple guys that are back, but there's a lot of new guys, so it'll be you know. I think for all of us that are have been following over the years, it may be a little bit difficult. But I think, like the average fan, they may know some of the players, one or two. But that's uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so it's uh, gonna be it's gonna it's be a new experience for everybody. As long as the hockey's good, I think they'll be fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, while I'm thinking about it, are there? Have you looked? into your schedule is there going to be any conflict between james clemens you calling their games and, and being at the havoc is that or have you even yes sir actually the uh the, actually the the next friday the playoff the uh, november 10th uh, mm-hmm. i'll have to miss the game so uh, which one have, you, which uh, one are you missing uh, November 10th is... But I mean, you're missing the uh, hockey or you're missing the football? Oh, no, no. I'm not missing James Clemens. No, okay. I've kind of I've kind of thrown down uh, in all of my... It's kind of crazy. I just, you know... I, I hope that when I was doing a lot of these things where I was volunteering and, and doing the announcing that eventually maybe it would encourage some people to step up. Yeah. And that's not been the case. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, like I do um, Liberty football... Um, seventh and eighth grade i do liberty basketball and they've just asked me to do liberty baseball and i'm just like guys here's the deal i'll be willing to do anything but my priority will be my kids first and then the havoc and then yeah whatever's uh, left over yeah yeah so uh like well, you know just, what when you when, uh, when you're like when you're you know people like you and me that have such a high skill level you know we're just in demand dude and you know it's just but <laughs> 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 you that's the truth with me i'm just joking but oh, you know and tim's sitting right here he can call have a game all night long so you just throw him i, out I, of I, ice I don't know about he that. could throw them names right out there he knows all the terminology and everything <laughs> man they, yeah whatever what, what, what throws what throws people off in the arena and you don't really know it, but there is a delay. I'm sure that'd be weird. And and that is in in broadcasting. If anybody's ever done that, that is probably single handedly the hardest thing to overcome. If you don't have earplugs or an in ear, um, you know. And and when I'll have people that vol, you know, that come in and fill in for me at times. That's the number one thing. They're like, could you have not warned me? And I'm like, I told you. Yeah. But there's no way to let you know how bad it is. I mean, I was when I was doing um, sports talk out in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, at the time it was Bank One Ballpark. I think it's Chase Field now or whatever for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they have a stadium <clears throat> that the top can open up or it can close. Hmm. And it can also be a mixture of both. They have panels on the stadium that can open up. Cool. Well, it creates the wildest acoustic thing. And I literally was doing something on the field, making some announcements for them one game. And as you would talk and you'd say, ladies and gentlemen, you, then you'd start into your next sentence. And then you hear the ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, be so it was weird. that Oh gosh, it was horrible. Yeah. So, but now that's the main thing with the havoc. When I have people fill in, they do bad sometimes, and I hate it because I, you know, every once in a while I need a break or you know. Oh yeah. I'm in year yeah. eighteen right now. I don't know how many years I'll continue doing it. We'll see. Uh, yet to, to be determined. But uh, it's hard. It, it's not as easy as some people think. But that's the hardest part to get over. But now it doesn't. I don't think about it now. But it was initially it was very difficult. Yeah, we uh, several years ago back when I was. 
singing. We we sang the national anthem at a Huntsville Stars game, and it was a cappella. So yeah. we went to the ballpark, and you know we because we knew there was going to be a delay, so we just kind of got used to what the delay was going to be like so you know every we just kept on we just dis- discovered if you just keep on singing if you're singing loud enough you don't hear that oh, yeah. you know so you can you can concentrate on what you're doing and then of course whenever you get through then you hear yourself finish yes it's so weird <laughs> yeah but it yeah, is it, it's tough and then you have people say, you know, the ones that have done it before, they'll say, well, the key is don't listen to yourself. Yeah. That's hard, okay. though. That's easy. <laughs> right. It's very difficult yeah. to not do. And so. you would think with all the technology we have in the world that that, that, that could be, you know, fixed, but rectified somehow. But That's like telling not. the callers not to listen to the radio. Yeah. Listen, yeah, listen to the radio. Right. On the phone. <laughs> they want to hear themselves absolutely. without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, man, I'm excited to be back with you guys, and uh, hopefully it'll be another great year. And, uh, yep. you know, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, you know, I, could, I, I actually did a TV interview the other day, and that was one thing they were talking about. And I'm, luck- I'm glad that people are seeing it, and, and, and now it's taken a long time. But um, just Keith Jeffries and the way that the Havoc have done and put things together and Glenn and the consistency of it. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the trash pandas have done well, the soccer team, but it's like, if you think about it, I need to go back and look and do the research of how many years the stars were in Huntsville. But I wonder how, how long the, you know, are we now the longest standing sports franchise, um, in, in North Alabama. Oh, you know what? I've never thought of that, but you're right. Hey, good. Yeah, yep. Put that on Tim. Tim, go go do your research and see how many <laughs> years the, the Huntsville Stars were in town, but I would love to see. But uh, the consistency and the continuously putting out good product, caring about their fans, caring about the community is, in my opinion, second to none in this area for sure. Yep. Absolutely, man. Well, um, so real quick before we let you go, this is, is this a two- or three-game series with Birmingham? Uh, no, actually, we travel to Evansville. We're in Evansville oh. now, so we'll play Evansville tonight. So one game um, in Evansville. My, that's where I was born, Evansville, Indiana. There you go. And, you know, the crazy thing is one of our former <clears throat> former trainers, Billy uh, Welker, he was our trainer for our equipment manager, excuse me, for many, many years, and he retired. And then uh, Coach Best at uh, Evansville was like, hey, do you want to come work for me? So he's now the oh, equipment cool. manager for Evansville. Tonight will be a – I'm sure it'll be an interesting thing just to see Billy and, yeah. and, and get them together. It'll be kind of a weird. You know, he was on the on the bench for a long, long time, so it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, but we'll be back home for Friday night. You know, will be our our home opener, and um, you know we'll be back and uh, enjoy some some home hockey. I mean, open night's always big. So Heck hope yeah! To see everybody there. By the way, the stars were in town for 30 years. Oh. Okay, so we got ten more. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize they were. I had no idea they were around that long. Wow. Okay. Well, good deal. Well, all right. We'll get there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I don't see the habit going anywhere. No, we'll eventually get man, it. <laughs> no. Well, buddy, man, thanks right. for always joining us. We're looking forward to next week, obviously. Uh, have a great week. And until then, man, um, we'll talk to you, and you take care. All right. See you later. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. That was Clay Freak Daddy Coleman, Huntsville Havoc. I always appreciate his time. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we do, we'll have author uh, Dr. Clayton Truder in, um, come and join us. And can't wait to hear and talk to him about his books. You're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk on WKC, the Big 1080.
Ardmore Telephone Company has been operating right here in your community since the 1950s. Over the years, we've brought you advanced communication services such as telephone, high-speed internet, and security systems. And going forward, we'll be right here ready to provide you with innovative services and the high level of customer service you've come to expect. At Ardmore Telephone, our proof is the test of time, running decades deep. We're Ardmore Telephone, and we are here to stay. For more details, call 1-800-830-9946 or visit ardmore.net. Daily and Sun Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Sun Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Sun Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 7.30 till 5, and Saturday, 7.30 till noon. P4 Physical Therapy is a new outpatient provider offering community-based care with a unique partnership model that allows them to consistently deliver world-class outpatient care, emphasizing personalized hands-on treatment. Whether it's orthopedic, physical, geriatric, or manual therapy, sports or neuro rehab, telehealth, or most any type of muscle or joint pain, P4 Physical Therapy promises to treat you with integrity, compassion, faithfulness, and selflessness. Locations in Athens, Huntsville, and Winfield, Alabama, as well as Fayetteville and Knoxville, Tennessee. Look for them on Facebook or online at P4PhysicalTherapy.com. Second 11 from the 31. Two receivers right, three left. Back to throw. He throws across the middle. Touchdown! Join us this football season for Limestone County Football, streamed right to your computer or mobile device on the Play Action Sports app. You can also hear it on your Amazon Echo by saying, Alexa, open Play Action Sports. Listen for the replay of select games Sunday afternoons on WKAC and download each game from the archives anytime you want. Also available on all major podcast platforms and in the podcast section of the Play Action Sports app. Limestone County Football from Play Action Sports. Hey, this is Jared McIntyre, former wide receiver for the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Welcome back to Applebee's Tailgate Talk here on WKC. Todd, the bod, the talent. Tomerlin, alongside producer extraordinaire Tim Lambert. And uh, we're being joined now, and it's kind of an honor, by Dr. Clayton Truder. Um, we're going to talk to him today about a couple of books he's written. And um, Clayton, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Football Saturday. Heck yeah, man. For us down here in the South, you know, it's the third Saturday of October, so me and Tim are Alabama fans, and uh, we've got Tennessee on the slate, so it's always a big, big day for us Alabama fans. I grew up cheering for Alabama. I grew up in Vermont. We didn't have a real college football team that was our own. So every Saturday, my mom and I watched Alabama. I, I wrote a letter to Gene Stallings when I was 12 years old, and he wrote me back a personal letter about Jay Barker's uh, chances as a pro quarterback. So I've, Alabama's always been very near and dear to my heart. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, and Gene, Gene is awesome. Yeah, I started to say, he's one of those those coaches that uh, are, are really – approachable because i mean i've had two or three interactions with him over the years and he's yeah. just been like he is like real quick story clayton that um, we've had him on our show a couple of times and um i do some autism advocacy and i wanted to get him to sign some footballs so i could auction them off 
and I got his phone number, and I called him, and I don't know what I was expecting. I guess a butler or somebody to answer. I don't know what. But anyway, <laughs> he answers the phone, and um, Greg's just Greg's just signed him. You know, I've seen him, you know, return address and all that stuff. And anyway, wonderful man. But we're here to talk about you today. Um, so you hold this is interesting, at least it is to me. So um, you hold a PhD in U.S. history from Boston College, and um, are you still teaching at, at Norwich University? Yes, I teach at Norwich University, which is a uh, small military college in northern Vermont. Okay, awesome. And you teach history, is that right? Yes, I, I okay, teach so. U.S. history primarily to uh, to graduate students. I teach a wide range of time periods and subjects. My uh, my research tends to focus on history and its relationship to sports, as my two books have uh, gone into. Oh, that is phenomenal. My son, um, who's autistic, is, is a huge, huge history buff. That's kind of his his thing, his niche. And I was telling him about you last night, and he was like, I would probably like to meet that man. I said, yeah, <laughs> you probably would. Y'all could probably talk history all day long. Unfortunately, his dad's dumb, so... He didn't get to talk to talk to me about smart stuff like that very often. But um, before we go into your your new book, um, I want to talk about your first book, or I assume your first book, Loserville: How Professional Sports Remade Atlanta and How Atlanta Remade Professional Sports. Um, first of all, congratulations! Uh, won the 2023 Bell Award for Best Book on Georgia History, a Sports Collector's Digest based best baseball book of 2022 and public books public pick of 2022 so that's pretty phenomenal man congratulations on that oh thank you very much it was all a big surprise and it's been a huge honor well i mean and obviously well deserved i mean the the subject matter um of it um going back to when the hawks and and the flames and and all the teams came into the south um the falcons um and then how it was structured um, you know, I never would have thought to, to delve that deep into the effects of, um, you know, how, how those sports franchises affected, um, you know, the diversity around the area. Talk about it for a little bit. Sure. The, the, the book started out, I just got curious about the history of sports franchise relocations and uh, league expansions. I mean, I thought about there were teams moving here and there, but never really in a comprehensive manner. And um, when I was writing my dissertation in graduate school, I wanted to write broadly about the history of league expansions and franchise relocations. And my advisor wisely said, Clayton, that will take you 50 years. Pick <laughs> a particular city to focus in on and make that your topic and use it as a way to talk more broadly about the subject and Atlanta was perfect for that it's really the first true expansion city that went from zero to four teams incredibly quickly Atlanta had no pro sports franchises in 1965 by 1972 they have two brand new uh, venues Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and the Omni and teams in all four of the major leagues and it's really a story of just too much too soon. No city had really done this before, so it was really tough to know how it would turn out. But it's not like people in Atlanta weren't interested in sports already. There was obviously golf and college football and stock car racing and all kinds of other things people loved. Um, having four pro sports teams come in really, really quickly proved very difficult to digest. And it's eventually happened, but it took a lot longer than people anticipated. And many other cities that followed that same pattern, luring pro sports to town by offering public money to support them have dealt with similar situations yeah and and talk a little bit about about how like the city you know became like you know the city itself of atlanta came like a black majority and then you kind of had you know the wide exodus of, of you know folks moving out to the suburbs and how that not necessarily there was a divide there but it was obviously a different dynamic um and how those sports teams were supported 
Well, there's a lot of moving parts there. Certainly, there's the aspect of the desegregation of Atlanta. And one major factor in that is simply the migration of people from rural parts of Georgia and the southeast in, in general into the city of Atlanta. There was a significant housing crunch. There was also a tendency, particularly of the white working class of Atlanta, to leave the city as a result. I mean, certainly an ugly, ugly chapter in history. Yeah. There's also the aspect of lots of transplants moving to the southeast because Atlanta was so full of jobs all of a sudden. It was a major, made the major market in the southeast, the banking and industrial and transportation hub. So you had a lot of people moving in and moving out simultaneously in the same period. So it was a very chaotic time in Atlanta. And in some ways, pro sports, the city leaders thought would serve as this kind of source of order, this common bond everyone would have. Ivan Allen, who was the mayor of Atlanta in the for the vast majority of the 1960s, talked about sports being this axis you could build around in the city. And it didn't exactly turn out that way for, for a lot of reasons I go to into the book. So in many ways, there's a political story in the book, a cultural story, a social story, as well as a sports story. And I try to, I try to bring them together in the narrative. Well, that's, I mean, it's a great subject matter without a doubt. And, and, you know, the way that, you know, I've never even thought about it, right? As a sports fan, you just, you know, especially being in the South at the time, I was a lot younger, but... Um, you know, you're just happy to get those teams. And, and Atlanta's relatively close to us. We're about four hours away. And at the time, that those were our closest, um, you know, major franchise sports, you know, whether it be NBA, Major League Baseball, whatever, hockey and football. But, um, you know, the way that uh, teams are brought in nowadays or, or franchises nowadays, uh, they're still kind of using that same dynamic, aren't they, or structure. Very much so. There's a public financing for it, but they've gotten a lot smarter about how they do it. Back when Atlanta was getting their first stadium, Atlanta Fulton Fulton County Stadium, it was property taxes that paid for it. So grandma with her little house for property taxes went up to pay for a ballpark. Now cities tend to use means where they get people from out of town to pay for a big portion of the stadium. It's it's, it's restaurant taxes. It's taxes on rental cars. It's taxes on hotel rooms. So it's a very good way to sell it to the public that you're taxing that you're taxing somebody who's visiting rather than taxing the people themselves certainly there's still aspects of the communities the people in the communities paying for it but at, at least in terms of marketing these these moves cities have gotten better about it and i think it's a, it's a significant improvement not having you know grandma's property taxes go up to pay for a stadium yep absolutely well um yeah, it's a wonderful read. I recommend you know folks going out there and checking it out. Um, I want to move on to your next book, uh, Boston Ball. Rick Pitino, Jim Calhoun, Gary Williams, and the Forgotten Cradle of Basketball Coaches. Now, even though we're here in the South, Tim will tell you, you know, if the other guys are here, they'll tell you, even though we're here in football country, basketball is my love. It's my – I love basketball. To me, it's, I just, it's the best sport there is. And, uh, you know, you couldn't have wrote about, um, you know, three better coaches. I mean, all of them in the Hall of Fame um, came through, um, you know, smaller schools there around the Boston area. And, um, you know, still, you know, you got Rick Pitano still out there and doing it. Um, you know, talk, talk talk about talk about well first first what intrigued you about even wanting to write about these guys and, and about this whole um, Boston trio. If I hadn't gone to graduate school in Boston, I would have never thought of the book. 
in the wintertime when I had time, I would go to all the different colleges there, their college games, whether it was Harvard or BC or BU or Northeastern. And by, by going to all these games, you know, se- several games to each school each winter, it occurred to me that at roughly the same time period in the early 1980s, you had coaches with Jim Calhoun at Northeastern, Rick Pitino at BU, and Gary Williams at Boston College, who all were beginning their career in Boston at roughly the same time, and they all ended up in the Hall of Fame. When the pandemic got going and I was kind of sitting around looking for something to do, I, I started working on this project, realizing it's sort of an origin story for modern college basketball, both in terms of these three Hall of Fame coaches who win six six national titles. They go to the Final Four 14 times collectively. They win like 2,400 collective games. There, there's that aspect. But also stylistically, much of what happened in college basketball in the last 30 or 35 years is a product of what those guys started to put in place in Boston at the same time. None of these schools were able to recruit the big men that dominated college basketball in the 70s and into the early 80s. It became increasingly the land of Bob Lanier and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton and guys like that who dominated college basketball. BC and BU and Northeastern weren't going to be able to recruit these guys. To be competitive in any national sense, they needed to find a new way to play. And all three of these teams played a very up-tempo style, um, crashing the boards, up-tempo um of tempo offense, uh, fast breaking, um, pressure defense, and by taking this new approach, which all of these coaches adapted at, at their next uh, at their future jobs, whether it's Calhoun at UConn or Gary Williams at Maryland or Rick Pitino at the half a dozen places he coached at, it ended up shaping the style of modern college basketball. And you look at the coaching trees all three of these guys developed; yeah. it's not just them and their success, but it ends up in many ways changing the tactical approach of college basketball in the late twentieth and early 21st century you know that's a great point you know i've never even thought about that but those yeah they were they were right there at the forefront of revolutionizing the way the game was played because now you know if you do recruit a seven footer it's not because you want them in the post they're they're out there shooting threes or bringing the ball up the court you know the game has changed so much but but the way like i i I got to see patino and some of those providence teams play in person and was always, you know, you looked out there and you were like, wow, man, these guys aren't freakish athletes. Or, you know, they really weren't. But the way he coached them and the way that the game was structured, that they, the way they coached it, man, it was just so much fun to watch. And they were really successful, all three of them. But um, I always follow Patino. I don't know why. I just was um, enamored with him for whatever reason. He just, like you said, he was successful everywhere he went and brought that same system everywhere he went. Yeah, and at Providence, he's just about the earliest adopter of the three-pointer because it's the 86-87 season that comes in, which is his, um, his, his second year at Providence. And they um, he, he teaches Billy Donovan and Floyd Lewis and all those guys, you got, you got to be working on the three-pointer. So they, got, they, got, they had to run laps in practice if they didn't shoot three-pointers in the preseason that year. And they ended up being the best three-point shooting team in the country and able to overcome teams that clearly had a lot more talent than them, particularly within the Big East. So Patino's always been very willing to adapt to the circumstances of his time. I think another thing of interest is these three guys coaching in the 1980s. This is an era of remarkable transition in college basketball. 
basketball with the conference shifting, just as dramatic as we're seeing now happening in that time period. The growth of the tournament to a 64 team yeah. um, uh, to a 64 team bracket, as opposed to it being as few as 25 uh, team tournament back in the back in the mid 70s. The adoption of the three pointer, the adoption of the shot clock. This is a game very much in transition, and these guys are adapting on the fly to what's happening around them. Yeah, and they were able to do it seemingly a lot sooner, maybe, or, or better, I guess for lack of a better word, than a lot of coaches around the country, and, and that shows to their success. But, you know, I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, the shot clock and then the three-pointer all coming together um, around there in the late 80s. Uh, when we played ball, we didn't have any of that in high school. Um, it came out after I graduated. Um, and it was, you know, it took a while for a lot of coaches to adapt, especially to the three. They had to adapt to the shot clock. They had no choice. But for the three-pointer, um, a lot of coaches still, they did not want to want to do that and go down that road. And I can remember some of those uh, Providence teams. Like you said, yeah, they, they were they were able to shoot. I saw Billy Dunham play two or three times in college. And, um, I mean, he was, a, he was a good shooter himself. But that whole team could shoot. I, and I loved all three of their coaching styles. Um, they're all different. Like Gary Williams always, you know, fire, right, man? Just like old school, and you know, not in your face, but you know what I mean? Just like, you know, he'd get on them when they needed to get on them or whatever. Jim Cahoon, kind of the same way. Um, have you met any of these guys? Were you able to interview any of them um, for the book? I interviewed two of the three. I wasn't able to interview Patino. I think, for one thing, he got a little leery of the press as a result of some of the yeah. you know various things that have happened in recent years with him. And also, he was you know in the process of getting that St. John's book, St. John's job when I'm when I'm writing the book. Okay. I had a great conversation with Jim Calhoun. We chatted for two hours. Within wow. five minutes of talking to him, it was like I was sitting with an old buddy at the VFW just having a beer or something. Just a great guy to talk to. And Gary Williams is great to talk to too. I mean, he's a little—he's an intense guy, very much so. But he—but he loosened up and we, we chatted for like an hour, and he was incredibly helpful um, talking to him too, and was a, and is a is a great guy as well. That's Love awesome. to talk to Patino at but uh. yeah, I hope you get that opportunity, and then and maybe he'll you know get wind of the book and read it and, and, and see you know the fair shake that he was given, and, and be more willing to maybe sit down with him in the future. And, and maybe do some follow-up. I can see where, you know, Jim Calhoun would always kind of give you that vibe, right? When you see me interviewed on TV, he just seems like like this, you know, regular old guy and, you know, just happens to be a wonderful, you know, what he does type kind of guy. But um, talk about just, you know, what you, you said you did talk to Coach Williams. Um, what were some of his thoughts on, you know, I'm trying to think back in the day, you know, of course, you know, you had North Carolina and NC State and all those good teams in ACC. Um, you know, there was a lot of talent in that league. Did he ever feel like that he maybe had let a few wins get out of the way or championships that he could have possibly won, slip through his fingers, or did he ever go down that road? You know, I, I, sort, I sort of think Gary Williams did as well as he possibly could at Maryland, in part because he just didn't play the AAU game in the same way a lot of those coaches did. He's like, I'm going to build it. There's a lot of good players in the D.C. area. I'm going to build around local guys. You look at that national title team he had, those were guys from Maryland and D.C. and Virginia. I 
think among the core of guys who played the guy who was from furthest away was from like Newport News or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a genuinely a local team he built at Maryland, and I think I think it's very impressive that he was able to build the team the right way and the way he thought what he, a team should be built. Um, one thing was really remarkable talking to Gary Williams was his memory of the guys. He had these. I, I just go through a list of guys who played for him. He'd have very strong recollections of the personalities. He remembered what the guys majored in and stuff like this. Oh, wow. This is a guy who took great care in the lives of his players. I mean, this is this is a man who cares deeply about the people who are who are playing for him on his teams. Yeah, and that's special. And that's what coaches, you know, should do and and, and, and do. When I mean, you're, when you're under them, they're a father figure, a, you know, a whatever, you know, brother at some point, and a friend, you know, and a, and obviously an advisor and a mentor. But um, yeah, I always liked Coach Williams, and, and you're right that he that conference was so strong back then when he coached, and and, and well, even well, really all three of them, but you know, Coach Calhoun playing against all those Big East teams and uh, having all the success he did. Um, man, those were, that was some really fun time for basketball. A- absolutely. I mean, how competitive that league is, is was remarkable. That UConn, was, they, UConn had really been down for all of the early years of the Big East. Mm-hmm. They'd been a pretty good school in New England. They'd won the old Yankee Conference a bunch of times and gotten to the tournament. But in the early years of the Big East, they were among the uh, among the lesser teams in the league. And Calhoun very quickly rebuilds that club. He's, he's very good at, um, I guess, convincing guys who were overlooked by bigger schools to come there and to keep that chip on their shoulder. That you're going to remember that Syracuse and Georgetown didn't mm-hmm. recruit you, and you're going to make them pay for it. I mean, that mentality is very clear, even back to his time at Northeastern, because he would he would he would talk about that when he was at Northeastern. That these other big schools didn't recruit didn't recruit you. We're going to show them that you can play basketball, and uh, was a great motivator in that respect. Yeah, he certainly was. I mean, he. I'm trying to think of some of the the, the players that came through there um, at his time, but he, you know, having like you bring up a good point, having recruited against those other schools. And convincing, you know, the best players that he could possibly get to come and then turn turn him into the teams that he had. And then, I mean, the program still had a lot of success even after he left because he built that program up so much. Um, you know, I was, I've always, I don't know what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, like, I've never understood why, like, Miami or the USC's of the world, all these schools that have, like, you know, summer year-round, right? Like, who would want to go to Syracuse or the beach or anywhere on the East Coast and freeze your tail off in the winter when you could be by a swimming pool, you know, in March or January as far as that goes? Uh, you know, I've just, I've just always been enamored that these coaches are able to convince these kids to come to those schools, smaller schools in some sense. Um, did you ever see the documentary on ESPN about the Big East by chance? Oh, loved it, loved it. I oh think I've God. watched every single yeah. 30 for 30. Yeah, the record for Beast is fantastic. Yes, yes. I, c- I couldn't think the name of it. Probably, to me, one of the best ones they ever did um, by far. And, I agree completely. And to see how they built that whole conference up. And of course, Calhoun was right there in the middle of it. And um, now, is Northeastern, is it in Boston? Yeah, Northeastern's in the city of Boston. It's it's like a mile. There's there, there's a major street called Commonwealth Avenue, and BC and BU are both on it. 
BU is about a mile away from Northeast or maybe five miles from Boston College. I mean, they're all oh, wow. within a, a subway ride. They're all they're all actually on the same. It's called the Green Line, the same trolley line as each other. Um, so they're all in very close proximity. Uh, BU and Northeastern were in the same league. It was called the ECAC North. And then it became the North Atlantic Conference. It's called America East now. The personnel of that conference has shifted quite a bit. It was kind of a mid-major in the, in the early 80s because you've had Northeastern and BU with Calhoun and Patino as rivals in the conference. You also had Canisius and Niagara, which, mm. which historically were very strong programs out of Buffalo. Both were frequently in the NIT when the NIT was a bigger deal. So you had a bunch of very good teams in that league. You had Siena, too, who had a couple of upsets in the, in the NCAA tournament. So it was kind of like, like the Missouri Valley Conference was a few years back, I would yeah. say, would be a parallel. Okay. Now, is that conference still competing on Division One level, or what do they call it now? If Yeah, it's, it's, it's America East. It's all Those teams are largely in different conferences now. America East has been, in recent years, dominated by the University of Vermont. I mean, BU is not in it anymore. North, Northeastern's not in it, but uh, it, it, it's a little bit weaker league, but uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're still an automatic bid conference out of the Northeast. Okay. Well, um, have you got any uh, future projects in the works or, or thoughts of future projects? Well, I do, I do a lot of freelance writing on different kind of sports and music and movie-related topics. Um, I'm, I'm trying to work out an idea for a third book. I, I've been talking with my agent a little bit about that, trying to uh, trying to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I hopefully another another sports-related book in a couple of years. And um, it's uh, I, I, I mean, in many ways, because of the pandemic, it's always able to get this book out so quickly. There were a lot of guys sitting around, and, and I was able to, like, if, if you look in the back of the book, it's a list of interviews. Like, in, like, three months, I interviewed, like, 95 guys or something like that, or 98 oh, wow. or something. Oh, it's a lot of work. And it was all, like, Zoom, it was, it was phone calls and stuff like this. It's like, you know, it was, it was all, you know, it was, a, it was a pandemic book completely. That is awesome. Well, um, so once again, I want to tell everybody um, your two books. It's Loserville, How Professional Sports Remade Atlanta, and How Atlanta Remade Professional Sports. And um, Boston Ball, Rick Patino, Jim Calhoun, Gary Williams, and the Forgotten Cradle of Basketball Coaches. Um, tell everybody where they can go and purchase these books. You, you can get both of those books on uh, on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. They're they're in some bookstores. Not, I mean, more so, I would say, in the in the Northeast. But those are sure bets. The Amazon price for Loserville is very good right now. In terms of Boston Ball, if you go to Bitly, B-I-T period L-Y slash Boston Ball, all one word, and you use promo code six AF two three, you can save forty percent off the cover price. That's a quick link to the uh, publisher's website bit.ly slash Boston Ball promo code 6AF23 you can save 40% off the cover price on Boston Ball and I'm on social media I'd love to hear from every, anybody and if there's anybody out there in Alabama who has a publication I have a feature story about Pat Sullivan I've been trying to find a home for for two years the deeply researched story a very very um, uh, in-depth account uh, of his career and I'd love to find a home for it so if you have a publication find me Clayton Truder on social media absolutely I I, um, I found you on Twitter or X, excuse me, last night, and uh, and read through a lot of your stuff and followed you. You follow me back. Appreciate it. Um, I'm definitely going to follow you from here on out. I even hit notifications. Uh, you're an interesting guy, and I look forward to uh, anything that you uh, may be doing in the future. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we uh, let you go? 
it, it's been a genuine pleasure, guys. Happy to come on and run my mouth anytime. Well, man, we really appreciate you, and we'll, and we'll definitely have you back on to go more in depth in some of this stuff because um, it's it's really interesting. You've done a phenomenal job. I'm definitely going to go out there and get the Boston Ball uh, book as much as I love basketball. So appreciate your time, man. Good luck to you in the future, and uh, take care. Thank you both, and roll tide. Roll tide. Thanks, buddy. That was Dr. Clayton Truder um, joining us. And uh, y'all go out and read those books. Man, he's done a wonderful job, and uh, we appreciate his time, uh, no doubt. When we uh, come back after this quick break, we'll have uh, James Clemens head coach, Jad McGee. And you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk on WKC, the Big Ten Eighty. Your roof is the first line of defense for your home. Do you have water stains on your ceiling? Paint peeling off your walls? Shingles missing? It's probably time for you to get your free roof inspection. Locally owned and operated, licensed and insured. Yellowhammer Roofing is the Yellowhammer State Hometown Team. Yellowhammer Roofing. Let our family protect what's most important to you, your family. 256-232-1933 or online at yellowhammerroofing.com. Davis and Cole LLP in Athens has served the area assisting individuals and businesses with bookkeeping, tax preparation and filing and routine accounting. Davis and Cole LLP, located at 105 South Marion Street, open weekdays 9 to 5. Call 256-232-9994. Davis and Cole LLP. Limestone Drug, located on the square in downtown Athens, is your local health park pharmacy. As your local health park pharmacy, Limestone Drug is locally owned and has a personal commitment to the community. Limestone Drug honors prescription drug plans, including Medicare. They accept flex spending cards and fill prescriptions in minutes, not hours. Limestone Drug knows there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. So shop Limestone Drug at 200 West Market Street in Athens, your local health park pharmacy. Limestone Drug, caring for you and about you. When you're looking for something special for your next event, why not bring in the most amazingly fine flavored shaved ice this side of the islands, Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. Whether it's a school or major sporting event, a picnic, or a festival. Kona Ice brings the fun and laughter from their steel drum music to their signature flavor wave, where guests can flavor their own shaved ice. No event is too big or too small. Kona Ice makes fundraising easy, too. Call Kona Ice today and tell them what you have in mind. 256-566-5298 or look for them on your favorite social media platform. Kona Ice of Decatur in Athens. 256-566-5298 Tune in every Tuesday through Thursday this football season for the WKAC Coaches shows. Join us as we get the scoop from Ardmore, Athens, Clements, East Limestone, Elkmont, James Clemens, Tanner, and West Limestone. The WKAC Coaches shows on 1080 WKAC. This is James Clemens girls basketball coach Monica Maxwell, and you are listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Welcome back to Applebee's Tailgate Talk here on WKC, the Big 1080. Todd Dubois and Talent Tomlin alongside Tim Lambert, producer extraordinaire. I'm throwing a little curveball at you. I told you we were going to be talking to Coach Chad McGee, but instead we're going to talk to Coach Clint Woodfin, head coach of Peace Limestone. Coach, congratulations on first victory last night, man. It's awesome. Hey, appreciate it. Well, first off, did Chad stand y'all up? 
Well, he's at a swim meet, so he didn't really stand us up. He told us we could call him back, so we'll see if he answers oh, the I phone. That's another thing. I think that's him. <laughs> that's him you. beeping in right now. Well, <laughs> well hey, well, well, hey, tell Chad, tell Chad, I'm glad that he calls you back because he didn't call me back. So get oh, him, so we'll get him out for that. Okay. Well, I have trouble yep. getting a hold of him too. So. Yeah. yeah. No, man. Well, he calls me wild. back every time, so we see where y'all stand in line. <laughs> no, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly. Well, Coach, right. big victory last um, night, 24-7. 17 over West Point, homecoming. So, um, wow, good, you know, good for y'all, man, good for the kids, good for the fans. Yeah, it was, it was, um, man, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a good, it was a good all-around football game. We were, um, we were tied up going in half, and uh, we uh, they they got on uh, in the third quarter, and we came back in the fourth quarter and able to put up two scores and. Um, uh, came came away with the win. It was uh, it was a really really good. It was a hard fought win for us. Uh, pleased with you know and, and grateful for the fact that we had a we had a fight claw to come back. Um, it, West Point's West Point's got a good football team. They're they're better than what their record is, and um, so we 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 came in and, and we had a good week this week and felt like we were prepared and you know we saw uh, we saw what we were going to get. Um, and man, our guys just guys did a great job of doing their job and executing. Very, very pleased with the defense yeah. and the size that they've made. Um, offensively, we were able to do some really good things, and then there were some things we shot ourselves in the foot on. And uh, but in the fourth quarter, very pleased with with um, just how we played and how we finished. Our guys never flinched and was just very proud of how how we finished that game and how we were able to come back um it, it was a, it was a great environment too um after the game was over with obviously this is our first win of the year and our student section comes running out and, That's and it just it, there was confetti everywhere and there's people everywhere it was it was really really it was a lot of fun um, so I'm, I'm happy for our guys i'm so glad they got that win um and it it, it sets us up for uh for Ardmore this friday night yeah and getting ready for them yeah, as a East Limestone alum, I'm I'm happy for you and the coaching staff. Obviously, the players and the, and and the fans, and you know, proud of the fact that, like you just said, you know, with the season they've had, they could have gone in that fourth quarter down and thought, oh man, you know, not again, whatever. But they kept fighting and you know pulled out the victory. So. Um, you know, now that they've got that taste for that that first win, hopefully they're going to carry that on to Ardmore next week. I I, I think so. I, I think um, you know Ardmore's a big rival for us, yeah. and, and and our guys even in the locker room after the game. You know, I I told them I said, look, I said, you guys have got you guys less than twelve hours to to enjoy this. Um, you know, because we do our film session in the morning, um, or actually this morning. So our guys were back up here at eight o'clock and. And uh, we watched the game film, and um, you know they were already last night talking about Ardmore. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, it was it was just, I mean, just a uh, 30 minutes after the game, and their mindset had already changed and already shifted, and, and so I'm, you know, and, and that's and that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. They can see what what's coming up, um, and so uh, I think our guys will be ready. You know, we we had one just uh, tell his group last night and said, look, guys, it's easy to go 0 and 10. I mean, it's easy to go ahead and pack up and. Yeah. called today but man our guys have fallen tooth and nail they continue to work to get better um and just just very happy with their resilience and their grit i mean we we've got a bunch of tough-minded kids and they are not they they do not fold easy and i i'm just i'm i'm proud to death to, to coach them and um you know just just excited and you know it was funny we're sitting there we're watching the film um 
and it's 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 very exciting to see the number of guys we have making plays that are juniors and sophomores mm-hmm. and and we keep yeah. talking about that over and over again man we got young guys that are on the field that are getting better and man the future looks really good um uh, so yeah. just, man, just proud. Of our, I can't say enough. I'm just proud of our guys and how they fall and compete and got the win. Man, that's exciting. And, and, you know, I love the fact, and I don't know, this might be more commonplace than I know, but I love the fact that y'all go up there early the next morning after the game while everything's still fresh and watch that film. I, I love that. That's, uh, well, you and, know. And, well, and we told our guys, too. I don't, I don't, we don't ever watch film with our guys um, until we've watched it and we know what we, what we're coaching on the right, film. Right. And, and I told our guys that said look i said y'all gonna y'all gonna watch it just like how we watch it so we we bring our guys in and we're going over the play five or six times and you know we're sitting there we're we're calling everything out and and we're looking at this and we're having conversations as coaches like we would if the kids weren't in the room and so for us for them to see it and, and, and for them real, to see that's real it, time yeah it is it is i mean it, you know so you, you know you better have some thick skin because you're going you're going to get called out there's going to be some there's going to be some things that <laughs> uh, name be called, uh, you know. Hey, guy didn't do his job, and yeah. so, but it, but it's it's good for the guys to see it. Um, you know, we want to make sure we, you know, we want to make sure we put Friday night to bed on Saturday, and yeah. and that way Sunday our coaches come back up here and we get ready for the for the next week. So um, it, it's it's good for our kids to, um, to do that for sure. Yeah, um, obviously Armour's coming off a, a pretty bad loss last night. I'd say pretty bad, fifty-six to nothing. Um, against Russellville, so if you had time to spend much on them, look at them, see what they bring. I, I, I'd be honest, I haven't. Um, you know, I've I've kept up with them through the through the year, but I haven't had a chance. I, you know, I I, I kind of follow the twenty four hour rule as yeah. much as I can. Uh, you know, as as where you just come back and you enjoy the time, you know, with with whatever the results were on Friday night. But making sure you go back and watch that film and, and get the things fixed, and then, man, we'll I'll spend some family time today, and uh, and then we'll get back after it on Sunday, and, and we'll start we'll, we'll start watching. I I know for them, I know they'll be ready to go. Look, rec- the records out the door on this one. Oh um, yeah, so I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know yeah. Coach Sider will have have his guys ready to go, and um, you know, I, I it'll be a fun environment, and then. I know for sure it'll be competitive. Yeah, I started to say you have two teams with with uh, similar records. We we uh, we went out and did uh, I don't know, I think it was back in the COVID year. We did Elkmont and Haleyville, the last game of the season. Neither team had won a game all season long, but it was a it was a good game. It was a competitive game. So it was a, it was a good game to watch. And so yep. it didn't matter, you know, how many games that neither one of well, it didn't matter that neither one of them had won. It was just a really good game to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what's good about high school football. You know, you can't throw the records out. And one thing I want to say, too, is I've always wondered this about, you know, and I've got tons of friends that are coaches. I've never really asked them, but, man, there's such a fine line, right? You're preaching there all the time, right? One game at a time, one game at a time. But as a coach, sometimes you can't really look at Like, you, you may have to, like, take a peek two games in advance, you know, if you've got a team coming up that you have to prepare for that maybe do something different. Um, how hard is that as a coach not to want to go ahead and, and, and look a little bit further ahead? I mean, 
Well, you know, when I, I think I think a lot of coaches do it different. You know, we 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 preach all the time, one and zero, one and zero, one and zero, and it'll be the same message this week. We just want to go one and zero on Friday night. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things where, where you know, you you know the schedule going into the year, and you know who who the opponents are who who are going to be highly talented, or, or maybe you, you know, there's a it's it's always a tough game, and um, you know, for us, you know, especially just getting that first win, which is always the hardest. You know, that man all. All of our eggs were in this basket right here. And, you know, for us, it, it was just – it was one of those things where, you know, we'll, we'll get to our ball when, when that time comes. But, you know, we, we need to make sure that we focus everything – versus West Point and we've got teams crossed and eyes dotted and, and and to make sure that we've got everything that we need for our kids to be prepared to go play and um, you know and, and that's kind of what we that's what we've done throughout the year I mean we, we really don't we don't we don't look at we don't really talk about next opponent or whatnot we keep up with scores and whatever wow. and you know you know we have conversations with other coaches you know hey you know how, how are they doing or have you seen them play or, or whatever else but we, we do a really good job of making sure we stay focused on our opponent and making sure we do what we need to do to go win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talking about Coach McGee. You know, I know he try. they as coaches try to prepare a week ahead. Uh, and uh, I asked Coach Gross how he does it. He's pretty much, you know, like you, he takes it, you know, a week, week at a time. time. But I always yep. wondered if they had <laughs> – if there was a time that they – call to play that they meant to call two weeks <laughs> down the road. <laughs> I right, could get confusion well, in time of stress, yeah. That that yeah, no, no doubt. I you know, it's kinda like studying for a test. You you, you kind of figure out what you need to prepare for the test and how much time you need to get everything in and um, you know, for us what works really well is Saturday watching Friday night's game. And then coming back on Sunday, we'll have we'll have our film graded by our guys. We'll have that sent out to all of our kids on Sunday. Even though we watch the film with them on Saturday, we'll have it graded individually for each kid by Sunday. That's good. And so that way, you know, us as coaches will actually sit down and talk on Sunday about Friday night, go over things that maybe we could do different or adjustments or things like that. And then everything that we've got done is is uh, is going to be ready to go on Sunday. Most of our coaches uh, watch upcoming film on Saturday. So they have all of their they have all their information ready to go by the time we meet on Sunday at two o'clock. Um, so we you know we feel like our plan is, is pretty successful. We like it. It's efficient. You know we're we're comfortable with it. You know it's like I just tell our guys to say, hey man, the, the test is on Friday. Uh, we gotta go ahead and start studying and, and prepare and make sure we know all the answers and all the issues and all the problems. Yeah I would I would tend to wait until the I walked in the classroom to study for my test. <laughs> So. Yeah, right. <laughs> the day of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least you did that much. I didn't even get that far. But. Well, coach, did you have anybody stand out last night? I mean, in particular, we. Uh, well, I, I gotta give a shout out to. Um, well, first off, let me let me talk about um, let me talk about Roman uh, Scrimshaw for a second. He uh, he had a he had a big touchdown that I think would have changed the game uh, on our second drive. I believe um, on our second drive we had a he scored a 70-yard touchdown run, um, touchdown throw, and throw and catch. And we ended up getting a holding call that was, that was questionable at best. Um, and so ends up bringing it back. Um, 
And then in the fourth quarter, he had two big catches that got us in position to go score, um, to tie it up. And, you know, of course, he doesn't come off the field. He plays, you know, everything that we've got. Did a great job uh, as our punt returner. Uh, made some great, great uh, catches, a couple fair catches, a couple runs, um, and just had a had a big night overall. But, man, the, the thing about him is he got a lacerated hand in the mm. – I think first quarter got his hand ripped across someone's face mask wow. and man had a gash on his hand. He looked like he came off the field, looked like he'd been in the horror movie. I mean, there was blood everywhere. And every time he came off the field or there was a break in the quarter half, he's, he's getting taped up and bandaged. And after, after the end of the game, he had to go get it stitched. Wow. That dude played the entire game with uh, just, I mean, having, having blood coming out everywhere. And man, they, I, uh, I told somebody last night, he's one of the toughest football players I've coached in 20 something years. Uh, so I, I just super, super proud of him. I mean, he gives it everything. He he truly is the definition of a guy who leaves it on the field. Um, but also want to give a shout out to uh, Tom Moore, uh, 79, one of our defensive linemen. He's a senior. Um, we had West Point backed up to the five, and they ran a screen. And Ty read the screen, uh, read the screen, and of course got the dream of any defensive no. lineman and got in. And came nice. within one tackle from getting in the end zone. Oh, um, man. And our kids were excited. You know, of course, I see the interception. I'm thinking, Lord, help me. We're about to get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike contact. <laughs> and we, we were doing whatever we could to control our side. Of the so, man, I was, we were super, super excited for him. Man, the kids were yeah. kids were loving that. And, uh, of course, gave him a hard time for not getting in the end zone. <laughs> got to. So, got man, to. Yeah, super tickled for him. Man, he's a senior who's who's gotten a little bit more playing time this year. And, and man, super proud for him. Well, that's great. Well, Coach, man, hope you have a great week of practice. Um, hope you all go over there and whip up on those Tigers of our more next week. Uh, certainly be rooting for you. At least I will be. <laughs> Can't speak for the rest of the bunch. But uh, anyway, take care. We'll make sure that uh, Coach McGee uh, calls you back and gets his touch. Yeah, just help. <laughs> hey, just help to pick up the phone every once in a while oh, when I call man. it. I'll do it, buddy. Well, man, take care. Right. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Uh, yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Mm, thanks, buddy. That was Coach Clint Wolf and head coach of East Limestone Indians. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll flip a coin and find out who we're going to come back. Either Coach McGee, maybe Oscar Bonds, maybe both. Who knows? But anyway, you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk on WKC, the Big Ten Eighty. Real estate, real easy. That's the motto at Innovative Realty Solutions, and providing the highest quality real estate services is their mission. With sound real estate advice, the latest information, and a skilled analysis of the real estate market, Innovative Realty Solutions offers a better home buying and selling experience with a fair, ethical, and, yes, innovative process. Innovative Realty Solutions. Visit them on Facebook, online at InnovativeRealtySolutions.com, at 100 North Clinton Street in Athens, or call 230 Innovative Realty Solutions. Real estate, real easy. From day one, First National Bank has been built on a strong foundation of community first. First to lend a helping hand. First to help with community events and fundraisers. First to support local students, athletic programs, and civic organizations. First to support events like United Way, Relay for Life, and many more charitable events. And most importantly, working for our great community. Without you, there'd be no First National 
Bank. Making communities great together. That's what we strive for. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Daily and Sun Car Care is Ardmore's only one-stop auto repair and tire shop. Whether it's major mechanic or brake work or routine maintenance like an oil change or lube job, Daily and Sun Car Care has been satisfying customers all over with their fast and friendly service. They're also your headquarters for quality Cooper tires. Stop by and see Wayne, Nikki, or Dale at 25600 Main Street in Ardmore, Tennessee, or call them at 931-427-4651. They're on Facebook, too. Daily and Sun Car Care, open Monday through Friday, 730 till 5, and Saturday, 730 till noon. PASnetwork.net. It's now your gateway to the Play Action Sports Network. Whether it's Play Action Sports coverage of school, youth, and amateur sports from Athens and Limestone County, or Calhoun Basketball, James Clement Sports, and Applebee's Tailgate Talk via PAS Plus. PASnetwork.net. Follow the links to download apps to hear live streams and podcasts, enable Alexa skills, or listen live on your computer. Covering Athens and Limestone County area sports, PASnetwork.net. Hi, this is Terry Henley, former running back from the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk. Welcome back to Applebee's Tailgate Talk here on WKC, the Big 1080. Currently being joined by head coach of the James Clemens Jets, Coach Chad McGee. Coach, coming off a big win last night, 58-18 over Alberville. Congratulations, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, always makes Saturday a little easier. I imagine so. Before I forget, Coach Clint Woodfin, he's Limestone's head football coach, said, man, just pick up the phone. Just call him. Just return a call, <laughs> send a text, maybe send a letter, whatever. I don't know. He yeah. said uh, – he that, uh, said he couldn't. He couldn't get you to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, there's only a select few I take phone calls from. So, oh well, we feel honored. Then. Yeah. Well, I told yeah. him you, I never yeah. had a problem you returning my call. So, I, you know, I, you know, I didn't know why you wouldn't return his. So, I'm sure. I'm sure deep down he knows why. But <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, we're all we're all pretty busy, and him Absolutely. included with those young kids running around. So, yeah, he was just ragging you a little bit. Um, oh, I know. Hey, real quick question, and I don't expect you to even know this. I've been meaning to ask you every coach that's been on. Have you ever heard of Galesville High School? Yeah, I've heard of Galesville. Yeah, is yep. it, so it is here around Alabama or in Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. it is. I never heard of it. Yeah, beautiful little, beautiful little school out there in the country. Um, uh, in fact, I think um, young young lady I went to high school with her, her husband is a head coach out there. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty little area out there. Well, here at Applebee's Tailgate Talk, we don't much care for Decatur Heritage. Well, I won't say here at Applebee's Tailgate. <laughs> Todd doesn't care for Decatur Heritage, and Galesville got their first win, from what I understand, last night, thirty-four to nothing okay. over Decatur Heritage. Um, y'all need to schedule Decatur Heritage. <laughs> they they need that kind of discipline in their lives. Yeah, I, so. uh, <laughs> I don't know. We need to we need to find some some different teams to play this year. Oh man, I'm teasing. Well, um. So big win last night. Um, obviously, if you win next week um, at Grissom, that that seals the deal, right? Be number one seed in the region. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah, we win next week and uh, we we take home the region championship. So okay, um, um, we got a big week ahead of us this week. They're coming off a loss last night to Florence, thirty-one to seven. So maybe the Falcons beat up on them a little bit for y'all and soften them up some even more. Yeah, hope, hopefully they are, but uh, you know we'll play them on Thursday night, and oh, okay. uh, I'm, sure we'll their, I'm sure we'll get their best. Um, Milton Frank or where? Yeah, 
Milton Franklin. It's at Milton Franklin. Okay. Yep. Good deal. Um, the kids like playing there. Is it? It's, you know, it's different. I mean, y'all are used to playing in bigger stadiums, but it's still, I don't know, just different to me when I go to Milton Frank. Yeah, it's, it's different. I don't know that it really matters to them where we play. So, and then, you know, that's the kind of approach we got to take. You know, we got to go get this done no matter what, where we're at or what circumstances uh, we're under. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about last night's game. What stood out to you? What maybe um, you know did, did you saw that y'all need to work on before next week? Yeah, I mean, you know, started off really slow and uh, just uh, you know wish we were a little bit more crisp from the from the from the get go and um, you know had twenty three six halftime lead. And well, you know, we kicked field goal. We scored, but we didn't score on one possession. So we didn't we didn't score on uh, one possession because the receiver dropped a couple balls there, hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, you know just not real focused. But uh, you know came out in the second half and pl- played pretty well, and you know pulled away. Yeah, there was a there was a play. Uh, Albertville snapped a, snapped a, the ball over the quarterback's head there, and uh, Frederick Poe. We thought he had a touchdown out of that. Yeah, no, he, he just couldn't quite get it in the, over the line. So you know that was the first play of the second half. That's it's kind of a bad way for them to start, and uh, you know, but he fell on in at the one yard line. We went in and scored. So and then just kind of pulled away, and you know, tried to get some tried to get some twos in there, and twos and threes and get everybody in the game and we got up, you know, 30 and then, you know, and they started throwing some balls over the top of these kids' heads. So, um, you got some guys got to do better from that yeah. depth, from a depth standpoint. Is it one of those deals where like the starters and, and, and you know, your, your more experienced players, do they do you see them trying to hold those younger guys accountable when they, when those plays happen? Not getting on them. I'm not saying they you know they scold them, but just you know encourage them to do better. And I mean, are you seeing that that leadership from your players to their teammates? No, I wish I wish we had some more that did. Um, you know, and I think we approached that game where they just thought they were just going yeah. to freeze in that thing and be sitting after the first quarter, and you know, and and I had to end up playing the second half and. Uh, you know, just not real focused, pretty pretty lethargic. Um, and so, but, yeah, I wish we had some of those guys where, you know, they would grab some of the younger guys up and, you know, get them right. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to keep working on it. We're work in progress with that, and uh, we're going to have to do better um, as we move forward. And, you know, I mean, you know, and we're going to play our best in a couple weeks when we get the first round of playoffs, you know, because we'll have Hoover coming here. And uh, we're we're gonna have to play a lot better. Yeah, no doubt. When they when those southern teams start rolling in, it's a different story sometimes. Um, but you know, going back to last night's game, sometimes you know, and, and I know it's human nature, and, and as a coaching staff, it's got to be hard when your players are looking at you know Albert's record and, and what they've done in a year. And, and like you said, you know, you maybe feel like you've got it won before you even put on your you know shoulder pads and. Um, you know, I'm sure as a staff, sometimes it's hard to keep them motivated and still understand it. Is you know, anybody can be beat at any given time, guys. You know, you've got to go out and do your job and do it the whole entire game. And it's always good 
to be able to put in those twos or threes, but you got to expect those twos and threes also to do what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. I mean, there's there's no doubt, and I mean the hard, you know, it's hard for us because you, you just, you know, you didn't want to show too much film because some of it just wasn't great film, you know, and you, you don't want your kids thinking that way, and uh, you know, and I think, but they're not they're not stupid either, you know, they look at the record and they see they see what's going on, and and you know, and. Uh, but, uh, you know, we came back out in the second half and uh, did get to play some of those guys that, that, you know, and then some of the guys, you know, I mean, it's kind of a wake-up call, like, this is this is, this is is why, you know. It's kind of why why you're not, not getting any reps. And, uh, you, you know, but, you know, it's always good to, to be able to rest our guys, especially coming into playoffs. And, you know, hopefully we'll handle business this week and be focused in on, um, closing this out, winning the region championship, and uh, you know, and then we got a bye week and um, start getting ready for the season. Yep. Well, coach, we'll certainly be rooting for you. Um, you know, go out there and get that victory, sure up that number one spot, and uh, hope yep. y'all have a great, great week of practice. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Y'all have a great day. All right, man. Take care, buddy. All right. Goodbye. That was Coach Chad McGee, head coach James Clemens Jets. We have come to the end of another wonderful show. Uh, Tim, thank you for a, a wonderful lineup as always. Can't wait till next week. And uh, for those that are listening, everybody take care, stay safe. And uh, like Tom says, uh, we, what does he say, Tim? You can't, you can't, what? You know it. Tim can't remember either. That's what happens for us elderly people sometimes. But anyway, everybody have a great week. Stay safe. You've been listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk here on WKC, the Big 1080. You've been listening to Applebee's Tailgate Talk live from Applebee's Neighborhood Grill on Highway 72 East in Athens, just off I-65. You can hear the archive of this and other shows online at tailgatetalk.net. Applebee's Tailgate Talk is a production of Play Action Sports on 1080 WKAC.